0: Amen. Just uh, want to pick up on that one word that was shared during the worship of uh, preparing a a home or preparing a place for Jesus. And I felt like that was very prophetic for what the Lord is wanting to do this morning in us, um, is for us to posture our heart. We are all here because we want to know Christ and, and have Him living with us. That's, that's, the, that's the reason why we go to church. I mean, there's there not, there not a lot of other very good reasons to come to church. Right? It, it, it's because there's a hunger that we have to meet with Christ. But it, what's beautiful is that as we seek Him, God begins to show us how how to enter into this kind of a relationship and how to position our hearts and our lives so that it's it's a it's a place for him to dwell and it's it's one of those pictures which we get in scripture all throughout scriptures is, is this picture of preparing a place for Christ to come and dwell john the baptist ministry prepare the way of the lord that's talking about uh preparing our hearts through our actions so that jesus can come and jesus said you know those who love me will obey my commandments. And and then he says, and I will come and eat with him. It's one of the things that Jesus said. So there's this picture again and again of Jesus explaining to us the kind of relationship that he's called us into. And I want to just remind us this morning, he has called us into a relationship. Like any other kind of relationship, like the relationship that you have with your friend or your, your parents or your, siblings he's called us into a relationship i know that sounds very obvious but sometimes we forget that aspect of our faith that it is a relationship with a person a person that's got a personality that likes certain things dislikes certain things that a person that you get to know like any other person and god wants us to get to know him not in a generic sense of i'm a christian and i believe christian things But in a relational walking with him day to day, and actually from year to year, to be able to say, Man, God showed me something about himself that I didn't know. And you fall in love with him even more. Um, Like you do in a marriage, you you marry someone because you love them, but that doesn't mean you know them, you know aspects of them. But the beauty of marriage is that as you go throughout life, you get to know that person more, and your love grows. Now marriage is not the goal. Marriage is actually a picture which God gave us to teach us about Him. Which is why in heaven we're not married. We don't need to be. Because marriage was actually a picture of something else. Marriage is not the end. It's a picture. It's one of the many pictures which God's given us of the relationship that He's called us into. And so I want to just um, read this uh, two verses actually. Um, Let's read the one in 1 Peter verse one um, it's a beautiful verse which I feel like the Lord wants to use to provoke us into what He has for us. Um, though you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible an unseeable, because I'll read it for you. <laughs> I was back. An inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I just want to dwell on that little line. Um, you are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, joy, for you are receiving the goal of your faith. I want to read another verse similar to this one, 1 to 2 Corinthians 3, verse 14. This is about God. It's a prayer. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Isn't that beautiful? The whole Trinity, <laughs> the whole Trinity, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And um, I want to I want to pick up on on several of the prophetic words because that was what the Lord gave me to share with you this morning. But there there is a joy and a peace. Uh, that is only found in Christ. And I almost feel like this morning, there's some warning signs that God wants to pick up on in your own heart. Um, And here they are. If you're actually not feeling full of joy, if you're actually not feeling full of peace, if you're actually not feeling um, full and with a sense of, I'm going somewhere. Don't ignore that feeling. That's how you feel when you're not full of Christ. The fruit of being full with Christ is a sense of joy, a sense of peace, a sense of rest, a sense of purpose. If you're feeling frustrated, if you're feeling irritable, and um, a sense of emptiness and lack don't ignore that sign it's like ignoring when your light goes off on your uh, petrol tank you know when that light flashes you're like i need to get to the petrol station quick i feel like the lord wants to remind us this morning that before we start dreaming about what we want to accomplish this year be filled with him seek him and you will be filled with him and um there's a, 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 a quotation which you probably heard me say a thousand times, but you probably hear me say it a thousand more times just because it means so much to me. But it, it's that, that line which says, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. And I want to say that to you this morning God has made you for himself, and your heart will be restless until it finds its rest in God. And the way we find our rest in God is not through presumption. It's not through a magical prayer. It's through relationship. And relationships require nurturing. The relationships require seeking. Relationships require uh, time, quality time. And that is true with God. And so... um, there is a rabbit trail we can fall into, or chasing of our tails when we uh, when we chase material things to fill that restlessness. Where it, it always feels like in this next season I'll be content. You know, when I've got the, I'm unemployed right now. When I've got a job, I'll I'll be content. I'm single right now. When I get married, I'll I'll find that contentment. I, I'm married, yeah, but we so badly want kids. You know, when we have kids, we. The other one is, especially at the beginning of a new year, you know, what, what I'm needing for my rest and peace is just more quality me time. You know, just just that quality time to do those things that refresh me. That's my New Year's resolutions for the, That's fine, but don't mistake the restlessness that comes when we don't find our rest in Christ or other things. You won't find rest until you find your rest in Him. And so, this morning, I said it when we were praying this morning, I I have more of a prayer than a preach (laughs) for you this morning. And my prayer for us is that we would rediscover our hunger for the presence of Jesus. That we would rediscover our thirst. When you lose your hunger, when you lose your thirst, the only thing you can do is pray. And God is the one that restores your hunger and your thirst. God is the one that diagnoses where your restlessness is coming from. And uh, Abo and the team literally sang half my sermon this morning, which is the, the benefit of having a very prophetic worship team. So well done for picking up on the Spirit. But, but you're going to love. But listen to this verse that I'm going to read for you now and tell me it doesn't line up with the lyrics we were singing. Colossians 3, verse 1 to 3. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Which, which song was it that we were singing Our Heart and Our Mind? Which one? Yeah. So we lift you high, high within our hearts, high within our minds. Beautiful, hey! But the reason why I'm picking up on this verse is sometimes, you know, as good charismatics, we we talk a lot about being filled with the Spirit and. Being, but I am I like to break things down. What does that actually mean? How, how are we filled? Yes, we want to be full. Okay, cool. I got you. I want to find my rest in Him. How how do I do that? And this verse is such a beautiful picture of how how we seek God. It speaks about. Our hearts, where our hearts are set. And it speaks about our minds, and where our minds are set. And until our heart is set on Him, until our mind is set on Him, we're not actually fully seeking Him yet. And what does that mean? What, what does it mean to have my heart set on things above? It means, it means that there's this heart, heart felt longing for Christ. That I would know Him relationally. And, and, and Jesus puts it in extreme terms that we would love him more than anything else in the world. Not only that he would be one of my loves, but he would be that life-defining love that makes all the other loves pale into insignificance. That's the kind of love he's called me to. Jesus would, in, the, in the Old Testament would often talk about prostitution and an unfaithfulness to your spouse, and the analogy he was using is that the love we have for God is a, a faithful love, which means no other loves can encroach on it. That's the unfaithfulness that he was talking about. And to set my mind on on Christ means that I fill my mind with the truth about who God is daily, and I begin to meditate on who He is and 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 what he is doing, what he is saying, and lift my thoughts up from the realm of the busyness of everything that's going on in my life, and begin to dwell on who he is, and what he is saying, and what he is communicating right now. And, and so I would encourage you to do that. Whenever you are worshipping, think of lifting your hearts to him, your love to him, giving him your affection, giving him your devotion, and lifting your mind to him, and choosing to think rightly, about who he, who he is, which, talks, which is why the Bible says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. That means to be filled daily with his word, with his thoughts, with, with his truth. And it's, and it's what makes a home for him in our hearts. Does that make sense?
1: I want to um,
0: read something for you of um, of vision, but it's kind of not vision. It's kind of, just as I was praying for us and seeking the Lord, you know, like January is a good year for that. I'm sure you probably do it as well. Lord, it's a new year. Show me what you want to do. Show me, you know, give me some vision, because it's it's hard to to, uh, face a new year without vision. And uh, just seeking the Lord and, and you know when in your mind's eye you get a picture of what you're going to be doing. And I got a picture like that of what we are going to be doing. And it's not like our vision for 2023 which you're going to write up and make it our vision statement for the year. But just hear it for what it is. It's an impression on my spirit of what I believe God sees in us. And um, I'll just It's a bit raw but I'll just read it for what it is. Um it's not a preach it 's poetry uh, unfortunately, sometimes I resort to poetry for those of you who are not that way inclined you'll have to humor me a little bit. I study a lot of poetry at u c t and i I do have some poetic inclinations so here what for what it is not spoken word i'll just read I'll just read it normally if theres anything that 2022 taught me It's that the kingdom is a community of priests that must all find their love and find their voice. Let the burning hearts lead. The priests must all find the presence of God. Have their hearts set ablaze and then go forth and initiate, build up, draw in, activate. Perpetuate, be disciples and disciple others. Let the worshipers lead us in freshness. Let the leaders lead us with courage, integrity and conviction. Let the administrators organize us into coordinated action. Let the pastors, skillfully and with heartfelt love and compassion, shepherd God's people toward the green pastures and still waters. Let the prophets boldly and clearly sound out the undiluted now word of God. Let the evangelists find their courage to proclaim the gospel and inspire the rest of us to do the same. I had this picture of us coming together like this morning and getting a vision of Jesus, falling in love with Jesus and our hearts burning for him and then going out and being who God's called us to be in all the different expressions of us finding our love and finding our voice, corporately but but individually. But the essential part of that whole picture is finding Jesus. We're priests. Priests' only job is to find and minister to the Lord. They don't have anything autonomous to do. Priests without a God is not a priest. And so our hearts being set on set in on love for Jesus and and so that's what, really what what this message is birthed out of is is yes we can talk about vision for the year and this and that and all the plans that we've got but actually if we lose the presence of Jesus if we lose the longing for Jesus we're just a noisy gong and it's easy to become a noisy gong and so I want to read um, a, a parable, which is a little bit of a, of a sobering parable, but it really stuck with me and it, had, it stayed with me in Luke chapter 14, verse 15 to 21. A man started um, with a very like Christian thing to say. And Jesus said, I appreciate your cheesy Christian line, but I'm going to tell you what, uh, what it's really all about. You know, one of those sort of fridge magnet quotes, which is very easy to say. Verse 15. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the man who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. That's a very Christian thing to say, right? So it's a cool thing to say. It's a very holy, spiritual-sounding thing. And Jesus said, Cool, let me tell you more about this kingdom, this, this feast. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first one said, I've just bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another one said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen. And I'm on my way to test drive them. Why would you need to go and test drive an oxen? <laughs> Surely, I mean, an ox is an ox, right? I mean, I'm not professional. I'm not a farmer or anything. But... Please excuse me. Still another one said, I've just got married. So I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. The owner of the house became angry. And he ordered his servant, go out quickly to the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, blind, and the lame. There's something fascinating about pursuing and seeking Jesus. Something so fascinating about it, you can't separate who he is from what he's doing. Think about the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who is in heaven, blessed or holy is your name. Let your kingdom come. Follow so quickly after that. And so part of the calling is seeking Christ and seeking his kingdom. And you can't actually separate the two. Jesus said, my servant will be where I am. In other words, you'll be doing what he's doing. Part of the fellowship is in doing with him what he's doing. And seeking his heart and seeking his mind. And he's talking about the banquet, the feast, the marriage, the marriage feast of the Lamb. And essentially what he's saying is, if you're too busy with your own stuff, you won't be able to come to the banquet. You'll have to get busy with my stuff. You'll have to leave the stuff you're busy with. Come and be with me and do what I'm doing. And that's why seeking Christ and seeking his kingdom are almost inseparable. Love the Lord your God with all your mind, your heart, and your soul, and love your brothers. As I've loved you. It's, it's, it follows so closely on after each other. And so I'm talking about intimacy with God this morning. One of the inhibitors of intimacy with God is getting busy with other things. Getting busy with your own things. And generally getting busy with your own things means you inevitably start stressing about your own things. And you lose intimacy with God. And so, what do we mean when we talk about seeking God's kingdom? What is His kingdom? And how do we seek it? The kingdom of God is the people of God. And so, Jesus said, We are called to make disciples of all nations. That speaks of bringing people in, and it speaks about discipling and loving and caring for those who are already in. His kingdom, And so Jesus would say things like, whatever you did for the least of those, you are my brethren, my brothers and sisters, you did it for me. And so I feel like, you know, this guy, these people that, that were, were so busy, the one was busy with um, the field that he had just bought, speaks about like property. You know, like uh, my assets, my investments, my my capital was busy with that the other one was was busy with his his oxen speaks about either your car <laughs> or, or your work your your your, your income your, your career the one was busy with with honeymoon which speaks about uh loving your family or your wife more than Christ and so these things are very archaic in one way, but actually they're still the same. Those are, aren't those still the things that keep us from pursuing Christ. It's actually still it's actually still those those things. And so in seeking God's heart and seeking His mind, we we intuitively turn to loving the things that he loves and i want to just challenge you this morning right at the beginning of this year can we set our hearts and our minds on pursuing god first and pursuing the things of god first i just feel like the holy spirit is wanting to realign us this morning to seek his kingdom first we've had several prayer meetings already this year and it's funny, you know, every time I try and go through the Lord's Prayer, I just get stuck on the first line. It's, Let your kingdom come on this earth as it is in heaven. And I find I, I don't get much further than that. It just sticks in my heart every time. And I feel like the Lord is saying to us, Let that be your prayer. We do pray for provision and, and my daily bread and forgiveness of sins. But first we pray. For Jesus, let Your kingdom come, let Your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. I'm gonna um. I'm gonna be um, delegating a little bit uh, with this message, uh, th- uh, with Hans and with uh, Andrew. They they're both carrying some things which. Which I was going to say, but I figured they've got such cool testimonies and and stuff that's on their heart that I'd rather they they say it. So if it seems a little bit all over the place, it's just because the Lord speaks to more than one person. Amen. <laughs> that's the beauty of that's the beauty of the kingdom. But one of the things that I feel like God is warning us can steal our intimacy with Him is fear. And so I want I want to I wanted, uh, I'm going to ask maybe Hansy, you want you want to come up?
2: So I was, uh, my favorite scripture in the Bible, that song, I don't know if you guys heard me sing this song. I'm going to sing first, only your kingdom, love, love of your church, and when my race is over and I'll spend for your glory, Jesus be mine at the end and that's, that comes from my favorite scripts in the Bible. Sort thought of starting like a brand, Seek First and make t-shirts and stuff. But I'll let the younger guys go for that. Um, but that's in Matthew 6. And it's after a whole bunch of kind of encouragements from Jesus himself. Uh, and the latter part has mostly to do with money and possessions. And so I'm just going to read that to us. I didn't give the scriptures to the heavy guys, so just listen up. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, There the desire of your heart will also be. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. What are you looking at? And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters. For you'll hate the one, love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Don't worry. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. Think about that. They do not sow or reap. The birds, like that's a crazy thought, because there's all this other wisdom that says, "No, surely what we sow, we will reap." But yes, Jesus saying, "Look at the birds; they don't do that, and still I care for them." It's not about what you put in, what you get out. It's not that the God's economy is a different economy; it's it's flipped around; it's on its head. Um, so don't worry about these things: what we'll eat, what we'll drink, what we'll wear. These things dominate thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and He will give you everything you need. Everything you need. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. the This started when I was reading, uh, I've been like working through some of Paul's kind of letters. Uh, I was in 2 Corinthians uh, 9 and he commends this church for their giving. So I'm just going to read a couple of little pieces of this. Um, Which one did I want to read? 2 Corinthians 8, 1 to 5. Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done to the churches in Macedonia. Uh, they are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy. Luke was talking about that earlier, which is overflowed in rich generosity. Did you hear that? They're sickling, they poor, but they have joy, and they are generous. I mean, that's crazy. That's upside down. Um, for I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. It's not conventional wisdom. That's God's economy. And they did it for their own free will. And you know, as I'm reading this, this isn't a pitch for giving. This is for your own benefit. This is like, you get that. There isn't, there isn't a secret little fun that's going to pop up after this. This is, you know, this is, this is the word of God. Uh, and they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers. They begged Paul, Paul, please, can we give? Said, but you don't, you don't have any. Go, oh, we're full of joy. We want to give. It's crazy. Uh, for the believers in Jerusalem, they even did more than we had hoped for. For their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. And then I'm going to jump ahead uh, because then uh, then Paul quotes this scripture from the Old Testament. Um, whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly and give according to what you have, not what you don't have. Of course I don't mean your giving should make life easy for others and hard for yourselves. I only mean that there should be some equality. And then he talks about Uh, the the manna. Maybe I must read that Exodus scripture. Um, So it's God provides this miraculous manna in the desert as the guys are walking through the desert. Uh, And Moses told them, it is the food the Lord, because they said, what is this weird stuff on the floor? And Moses said, it is the food the Lord has given you to eat. These are the Lord's instructions. Each household gather as much as it needs pick up two cords for each person in your tent. So the people of Israel did just as they were told. Uh, Some gathered a lot, some only a little. But when they measured it out, everyone had just enough. Those who gathered a lot had nothing left over, and those who gathered only a little had enough. And I really felt God say, like, our hearts should be inclined not to gathering a lot, because you can go out in the workplace and you can try and gather a lot. At the end, it's going to be gone. If you gather a little, it's going to be enough. So as we seek first the kingdom, let's have that at mind. Like Don't try and go into the workplace and gather as much as you can. <laughs> so you can buy the Lamborghini, you know? like Because we can do that. Not even money, just like, oh, I want to be so influential. I want to be this amazing designer. I want to... You know, I want to make really good films. I want to make this imprint in the corporate world and have this influence. Like, no, you actually just, you know, Russell Fraser always used to say, you just work so you can have some money and some extra to give away. You know, let that be your heart because it's going to be enough. And that's going to allow you the capacity to seek first the kingdom of God. And also the fear. I think there's going to be South Africa and the world economies in this position to create a lot of fear and if you start looking at that stuff and start reading and i mean youtube's full of these guys that are just prophesying this doom and gloom the biggest market the world is like don't go look at that stuff okay look at this fill yourself with this that's seeking the kingdom first fill yourself with god's economy because it's so upside down you can't quantify it you just got to have faith and do it, and that's how you get full of faith. Is you by reading these, washing yourself with this word and this truth. Don't go look. Don't go read all those funny things. You know, maybe you're in the financial world and you need to keep your eye on. But I would say most of us, like it's it's not, it's not going to be helpful. Read this. Amen. I
0: think let's before we rush on, let's just take a moment to pray. Even now, just like, because sometimes we move on and then you didn't actually process and pray about what the Lord already said. So even now, Lord Jesus, we just want to quieten our hearts before you and say, Lord, where where we actually have been worried about our stuff, about if we're going to have enough. Lord, we repent. We say, sorry, God, that birds don't worry about sowing and reaping and storing up stuff in barns. And you you you, to, you take care of them, God, and you promised. And this is a promise that comes from a good, loving father who said, Seek first my kingdom, I'll take care of you. And God forgive us where we've been worrying and stressing and planning and plan Aing and Plan B and Plan Cing and actually neglecting your economy, which is that you you love us, God, and you, 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 you've got a good plan for us, and you're going to take care of us. And so, Father God, we choose to trust you right now. And maybe even we, what Hans was saying, maybe even when we've been filling us, ourselves with so much dire gloom and, doom and gloom, which may be true, but, but yet for us, we have you. And you, you, you commanded us, do not worry. Do not worry. So forgive us, Lord, and refresh us and renew us, Lord. Set us back on a firm foundation, which is you. You are the cornerstone. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's good, eh, to wash our souls with the truth. Andrew's going to come out up soon, but I just want to read this scripture before he comes up because I think it's really the heart of what the Lord wants to say. In, Matthew, in Mark um, 4. Verse 18 to to 20 um, speaks about the seed that got sown. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. So the call this morning is to intimacy with the Lord. But one thing I felt the Lord warning us of is like distractions. Some of the distractions are big ones. Some of them are really small. But there's just so many of them that they do the job just as well. And our hearts and our minds can be so cluttered with distractions. And so uh, Andrew just had a testimony recently that I thought of. Let let him just share it here. It's going to mean more coming from him. No personal testimony and wherever the Lord leads us from. So why don't you come to?
1: We've always got enough time to do what we want to do, haven't we? But um, so time, time is a, a, a key player. I think it's something that we, God is really putting his finger on. And for me, uh, God challenged me at the end of last year and is still challenging me with the, with the help of some of the elders about this thing. How much is this thing ruling your life? Now, I'm not on Instagram and I'm not on Facebook. Um, I don't do that stuff. But I used to look at a lot of current affairs on here. I used to track the news, what's going on. I used to spend quite a lot of time on this. Still probably a bit too much. God's still working on me. But how much of a distraction is this thing in your life? So, one thing I did. I decided that I wasn't going to look at my cell phone until 7 o'clock in the morning. I usually get up about half past 5, so for those of you who wake up at 5 to 7, it's probably, but for me, that's quite a that's quite a strong, that's quite a long time. And then after half past 8 at night, generally I don't look at my cell phone. So i redeemed that time. Getting there, getting there. This is a much better way to read the Word. And actually, it's so much more flexible as well. You get, you get half a page, half a chapter on a cell phone. This is much better. And actually, God can lead you in different places. And um, I, I don't know about you guys, but I don't have a problem knowing what to read, scripture-wise, every day. I don't always stick to a plan, I'm currently on a plan, but I encourage you, if you're struggling to know what to read, work to a plan, either read the whole book, cover to cover, or I have done, I've read it chronologically, that sort of skips in and out of different places in the New Testament and the Old Testament. Currently, I'm just reading one old, one new, one old, one new, one old, one new, not chapters, books. It's quite easy. You always know where you are then. So, I encourage you, do not be distracted by this thing and do not be distracted about what you're going to read next or, what should I read today, Lord? Get yourself a plan. Work to, work to something. It's, take a year over it. That's fine. But redeem your time. I encourage you, I implore you, I exhort you. What else can I say? Uh, I admonish you, says Lisi, to stop using this thing so much and to use this. And it hasn't revolutionized my quiet times. It's just made it, I've just been able to give it a lot more space. And God's been able to fill that. And this thing you can just go down rabbit holes and Oh, what's the news thing? Oh, WhatsApp's just come in. I better just check that. No, come on. Just keep away from it and stick with this. Give your what works for you, but I challenge you to make it challenging. Um, you know, don't get up at quarter to seven and say, Okay, I'll at seven o'clock I can start reading my this make make it challenging, get up earlier if you have to to get up earlier. you may need to go to bed earlier. Just saying <laughs> but make space
0: It's such a simple reminder, but it's the small things often that ruin intimacy with. With the Lord, and and as I was going over this these notes this morning, I mean, sometimes God speaks different things to different people. But that thing was the thing that really stood out for me: is the small little distractions. They are small, but if you've got a thousand small distractions, that's as good as a big distraction. And it it it, it, c- it communion with God that that's what it is. It's the most precious thing God's given us: is His Spirit. An ability to have communion with God that is an incredibly precious precious thing but what i've but but what you will find and what I have found is that if my heart and my mind is is constantly being distracted, I can't have communion with God and so your best intentions will be wasted. You will leave this place this morning with God, okay, cool I'm hungry for you i'm I'm thirsty for you and you'll wake up tomorrow morning and the first thing that will give you get your attention is this, and your intentions will be wasted and good intentions are great, but if they're not actually if they don't produce intimacy with God, your heart will be starved you will be starved to death spiritually amen, I know it's a tough word, but it's true and and I believe that's what what the Holy Spirit is saying this morning. So I, I want to encourage you and the other adjectives which Andrew was using: exhort, implore. Uh, Hans suggested command. Hans did. I, I didn't suggest that, Hans. It, it is is make a make a commitment this morning. God, I, I I want to be undistracted, and then go further and tell a friend. I felt the Lord challenging me on this, because if you make a New Year's resolution this morning, but you don't tell a friend, it probably won't last long. And it's and it's good. It's kingdom. It's a kingdom principle. Tell tell a friend. Speak speak to someone who knows you well and say, Hey, you know what? I felt the Lord challenging me on my whatever it is. And so there's an intentionality. Relationships, if you're in one, or even if you're not, require intentionality. That is 100% also true with God. A relationship with God requires intentionality. And so intentionality with how we spend our time. And let's, let's commit to following the Holy Spirit and being intentional. And it's not just to do with cell phones. It's intentional with our time, that the way we are spending our time is edifying, and and it's encouraging and it's pulling us up and it's bringing us closer to God. If it's uh, if it's let me use the N word, Netflix. What if, if it's if it's TV series? We don't want to limit it. This to cell phones, right? It, it's God. I want to be intentional. With my time. What Andrew said is 100% true. We, we have time for the things that are most precious to us. question is, what is most precious to us? And, and are we actually intentionally spending our time on the precious things? Or are we wasting it on other things? I even felt the Lord saying, be intentional with your friendships. Who you spend time with. That sounds like, well, that's maybe a little bit too intentional. No, it's not. Jesus was very intentional with who he spent time with. Be intentional with your friendships. I encourage you even to evaluate. Am I actually spending quality time with the people who, mo- who mean most to me? Or am I just spending it with whoever invites me first? Be intentional with your time. We're going to read a scripture and then we're going to pray. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 12 to 14. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? So encouragement. We don't have to beg God. We're not orphans. We're sons and daughters. He said His promise to you, His promise to me, is I will be found by you when you seek me with all of your heart. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I've banished you, and I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you. So let's close eyes. Lord Jesus, we we hear your voice this morning, and we love that you pursue us, God. We love that you've given us your spirit and that you're drawing on the cords of our hearts because you want to spend time with us. You want us to know you, you want us to love you, you want us to experience your love for us, God. And this morning we say yes. We say yes, Lord. You are Our treasure, Lord. Just in your heart, commit to seek Christ, not just as one of the things, but as the pearl of great price. Lord Jesus, you are precious. You are not only precious, you are the most precious possession, relationship, life source. It's only in you that we find joy, and rest, and eternal life. We just acknowledge you this morning, Lord Jesus. You are so precious to us, God. Would you realign our hearts, Lord, to treasure you the way you deserve to be treasured. Lord Jesus, may we seek your kingdom first. God, you care about our lives. You care about our provision. You care about where we live, that we're fed. But Lord, it's in you. It's not in seeking to accumulate wealth and riches and influence in ourselves. It's in seeking you, Lord. And we choose to seek you first, Lord. Let our prayer this morning, God, be, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Lord Jesus, where we've grown distracted by our phone, by social media, whatever whatever it is that's distracting us. Lord, we repent this morning. That's you, just in your heart. Say, God, I'm sorry. It's sin. Lord, I'm sorry. God, I'm going to declutter all the noise from my life to make space for you, to
1: make a home for you, so that I can hear your voice.